We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dodge. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please! Help! Yeah. Welcome, one and all, to the season finale of the Is For podcast. Thank you for coming along on this journey. What, this is our third season now? Yep, third season. We made it through the alphabet three times. How many more times can we do it? Tune in and find out. (laughs) I don't know. We might be like a class of kindergartners and see how many times we can say our alphabet. Monsters teachers are just impressed he did it once. Yes, yes, they are. And um, I was also uh, scared a lot of my teachers because I like to talk about things like this, because tonight we will be discussing the letter Z for the Zodiac Killer. Joining me, as always, are the two lovely co-hosts of mine, Sarge. Say hello. Howdy, howdy. And Danger. Thank you for remembering that I'm here. (laughs) I wanted to say something about the season finale, and I almost forgot introductions, and I apologize. But I I remembered. I got there. Now, are either one of you guys familiar with the Zodiac Killer case? Yes. uh, I am not super familiar with it, but I am. Okay. Sarge? Isn't that where, like, Pisces hates Taurus, and then, like, all of a sudden you're supposed to have, like, a bad week or something like that? And Gemini comes out from the ropes and... (laughs) And Sagittarius is sitting in the corner crying. Um, And Leo tears the head off. (laughs) Yes, it's exactly like that. No, it isn't. But that's okay. (laughs) That's why we're here. We're going to learn. Yes, I know a little bit about the Zodiac Killer. Cool. He was actually in the news recently, but I'm not going to steal your thunder. Yes, we will get there. Uh, I wasn't aware, so I'm, I'm, I'm buckled up. I'm ready for this Zodiac Killer ride. Let's go. Yes, yeah, so tonight's episode, we will discuss the the case and what the Zodiac Killer actually did, what he claimed to have done. Uh, we'll also discuss the really good film adaptation from the 2000s, just called Zodiac. And we will end with my theory on who the Zodiac Killer is. But we'll we'll get there when we get there. So, <laughs> brief little overview. The Zodiac Killer was a prominent serial killer in the late 60s and early 70s. He did his killings in Northern California. He killed five people. Well, it's basically considered that he for sure killed five people, but he's claimed to have killed as many as 37. It's, it's, there's, there's a difference in those two numbers that the police just have not done their work. <laughs> It's it's an interesting uh, story. It's it's hard to say. Now, keep in mind as we go through this story, this is late 60s, early 70s. Forensic detective work is not like it is today. Some of the things he was getting away with are things that would not fly with today's police resources. Now, in the span of a year, right? Are, are we saying it's a span of a year or a span of 10 years? Mm-mm, mm-mm. This spans several years. But, but several do we not like know years. how many years? I'm trying to do yeah. math here, so I need numbers. Well, it starts in Seven. 68, and it goes Four. up. 
I'm just giving numbers. <laughs> yes, and I appreciate the effort. Um, it starts in 68, and it actually goes all the way up until the 90s. I didn't realize it went all the way to the 90s. Well, put it this way. The quote-unquote series of murders started in 68 and ended in the mid-70s. But the investigation, technically the investigation is still ongoing. It's still well, an I'm open sorry, case. When did he supposedly do his murders? Between Allegedly. Well, okay. So that's another little bit of discrepancy. Um, Just give it an answer. It could have started in 1968 or it could have started in 1962, depending on what theory you subscribe to. Danger, do not take that tone with me. I was not expecting Sarge to go off on this tangent. Okay? I was not prepared. So we'll say 1968, since that is the commonly accepted. Yes. All right, so when did it supposedly stop? Sarge did do a bit of surprise math on you. Yeah, I just said, like 1974. So six years. I had a really, really cool way of doing this, and it's all out the window now. So get ready for a boring show, everybody, because Sarge derailed me. That's not true. Did he steal thunder with math? No, no, he didn't steal any thunder, but he's he's definitely. um, So he averaged so he averaged two, two victims a month. If he if he kept his thirty eight, he averaged two victims a month. That's outstanding. That is dedication. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm in this guy's corner. I mean that that's a a, a long a long path to fandom. Yeah. That is if he indeed did kill thirty seven people. But we will get there. Okay. The first time that we are to believe the Zodiac struck was December 20th, 1968 in Benicia, California. There was a couple, David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen. They were kind of going on their first date kind of thing. And they were parked in a little gravel parking lot um, right off of Lake Herman road. The story goes, the killer walked up and had a flashlight attached to his gun and just walked up to the side of the car and started blasting these two. He shot them both in the head with a 38 handgun. When the police arrived on the scene, uh, Betty Lou Jensen was dead, but uh, David Faraday was still alive. But unfortunately, he died on the way to the hospital, so he wasn't able to testify on what happened. So was that the account that he gave? I'm just wondering, how do we how do we know what happened? Well, that's from from the police work done at that time. When the police got there, they were able to kind of see the way the bodies were. And he had pulled Betty Lou Jensen out of the car and shot her. So she was sitting on the side of the car so they could kind of get an idea of how he did what he did. I realized in what you were saying, the most I actually know about the Zodiac Killer Probably from the movie. Well, and and we'll get to that um, a little bit later, but I will go ahead and say that I rewatched the film as as part of doing the research for this, and it is fairly accurate. Um, It takes some, yes, it takes some liberties with the portrayals of some of the key players, but overall, it's pretty forthright with what the Zodiac actually did. Yeah. 
So I did research on this just because I don't know too much about the Zodiac Killer, and I wanted to feel that I could, I could contribute. Right? Sometimes I don't contribute because I don't, I don't do much research. You wanted to feel like you could take over my show and derail what I planned on doing. I know. Absolutely Go ahead. not. Please Absolutely continue. Not. I wanted to have a good <laughs> show, but everything I found said Miss Betty Lou Jensen, which, by the way, uh, the haircut she had with oh my gosh. Anyway, it's 68, man. Doesn't matter. Let's talk about the haircut you have. Yeah, I, mean, I, I like the haircut. Anyways, I bet Betty Lou liked hers as well. <laughs> so you said she was shot with the 38, but what I found on Betty Lou said that she was shot with the 22. Now, is there like these sort of discrepancies going to be? Is, is it because of different theories? Because like some of them are like um, Zodiac Killer Facts, uh, a couple Wikipedia page, ZodiacKiller.com. Yes, I mean, and if Zodiac you... ciphers. Okay, okay. Slow down, or I will disconnect immediately. Look, we will get to all of these things. I'm okay, glad I'm you're just... excited. I'm um, not excited. I'm just asking questions. But what I will say to your point is we're all questions. There are probably 12 million websites devoted to the Zodiac Killer and who people think he is and who. Uh, people that have spent far too much time theorizing and, and, oh yeah. And, and I've got a good one too that, that we'll get to. Are you ready to share your theory or would you like to wait? It's Robert Downey Jr. If you're implying that it's Paul Avery, the news reporter. No, no, no. It's Robert Downey, it's Robert Downey Jr. It's Robert Downey Jr. himself. Yeah. Okay. Maybe there's yeah. one theory that says it might've been uh, Timothy McVeigh, the Unabomber. Which makes I mean, no sense. Someone even I've seen some theories say that it's BTK, the same guy, uh, Dennis Rader, which is also moronic. But be interesting if it was true. I mean, why? Why couldn't it? Just the the timelines and motives and everything else. else. But right. but so so to your original point, Sarge. Doing the research that I did, it would appear the consensus is that he used a 38 handgun in this shooting. But this won't be the last person that he shoots. So we'll get there. A few months yeah, later, what was that? I, I, um, no, no, I'm just gonna be quiet because I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to upset you, but I have questions. You said well, it's a it's a thirty eight caliber handgun. In the nineteen sixties, the only thirty eight caliber handgun they had was a revolver. It was a six shooter, so he had to stop and reload. Okay, well then I will I will take the L here and assume no, no, that it was no, not a thirty eight. I, I just have I, questions. Okay, well I appreciate your your uh, your your questioning these things. I don't know for a fact if it was a thirty eight. Because I don't know anything about ballistics. It's it's what I found in my research. I could be completely wrong. So that is very, I don't want to say it's not important, but the style of handgun he uses is not that important to the overall picture of this. I was fine with knowing it was a 38 that wasn't a revolver because I don't I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the fact that I am talking about a serial killer who killed a lot of people. And I just explained that he shot two teenagers repeatedly at lover's lane 
and Sarge is really hung up on the caliber bullets that were used. But that's that, that shows you where his his okay, part. Is. So okay, the so the two things that Sarge really harped on and pointed out in that was the style of gun and the style of hair yes. <laughs> that Betty Lou had. So I feel like in this short time we've gotten a real feel for who Sarge really is. Yes, agreed. Guns agreed. and hair. <laughs> Guns and hair. <laughs> so, and and get ready because I have another uh, ballistics breakdown. So, Sarge, be prepared to correct me. Um, <laughs> July 4th, 1969 is when most people think Zodiac struck again. This was in Blue Rock Springs uh, Park in Vallejo, California, which is only a few minutes away from the first murder. What was the date of the first murder? December 20th, 1968. And this was when? July, July. 4th, 1969. Someone did okay. not have a good Independence Day. No. No. They were liberated from their body. <laughs> Very similar situation. He approached a car that had two people inside, Darlene Farron and Michael McGow. Mayhew, Majo, I've heard it pronounced a few different ways. I think it's Majo. It's M-A-G-E-A-U. Now, Majo is important. He will come back later. So the killer walks up, same MO as last time. He's got a flashlight on his gun, and he shines it in on the car. But then he walked away and was going like he was going to get back in his car, but then he came back around and shot them. And this time he used a nine millimeter Luger. Is that correct, Sarge? Is that something that exists? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, good, that, that, good. that was after World War II. Lugers were Lugers were real popular amongst the Nazis. They were semi-automatic. Ah, see, that's a mm, that's another theory. He was the Zodiac and Nazi. It's possible. And this one, what basically happened was he shot the two of them, and Majot was still alive and he was like kind of hiding in the back seat but then he screamed out in pain so that's when zodiac came back and shot him again to make sure that he killed him except he didn't Majot survives dun, dun, dun. so now when the police arrive he's alive and Majot can give them a description he says it's a young white male somewhere between 26 and 30 years old, stocky, probably 200 pounds or more, about 5'8", with light brown curly hair, and a large face. Napoleon now, Dynamite? That's, that's, not, mm. that's not Robert Downey Jr. No, no, it's not Robert Downey Jr. You're absolutely correct. Now, this is where the story gets really interesting. About an hour later, the police receive a phone call from someone claiming to be the shooter. And I quote, I want to report a double murder. If you go one mile east on Columbus Parkway to the Plick Park, you will find a brown car. They were shot with a nine millimeter Luger. I also killed those kids last year. Goodbye. Everybody makes a big deal about the way he says goodbye at the end of that call. Apparently it was very unsettling. I can see why. <laughs> Killer calls him. Says that he did these things. So we're already seeing that this guy likes a little bit of attention. August 1st, 1969, the Zodiac sends three letters to three newspapers, the San Francisco Chronicle, the San Francisco Examiner, and the Vallejo Times. 
they all received handwritten letters from someone claiming to be the killer. The letters contain details on both shootings that only the police reports would have known. And they're saying that that would be the proof that this was actually from the killer. They were all signed with a distinctive symbol that would eventually be known as the mark of the Zodiac. It kind of looks like a target. It's like a circle with a plus sign in it. Each one of them contained three different codes, or like Sarge said earlier, they call them ciphers. And basically what he said was, if you crack these ciphers, you will know my identity. And he said that if you don't publish my letters in the newspaper, I will kill again. Needless to say, they all kind of panicked. They didn't really know what to do. And they started to, they ended up publishing the letters. He signed this letter with the symbol, but it was on August 4th, 1969. They sent another letter that started with, this is the Zodiac speaking. And from then on out, that's how he would start his letters. And that's why he became known as the Zodiac Killer. Okay. Um, did he continue to put the crosshairs symbol? Yes. On him? Yes. Okay. When the, the first couple letters that he sent he had this really long code. And you can look all this up. It's real easy to Google and see. Uh, basically, the code the, or the cipher that he sent was a real hodgepodge of symbols and letters from different languages and all this stuff. And it was actually cracked fairly quickly. Um, August 8th, 1969, a couple from Salina, California cracked the codes. Do you want to hear what it said? Sure. Sure. It's, uh, it's a little creepy. So <laughs> says, Good. <laughs> it says, I like killing because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all to kill. Something gives me the most thrilling experience. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. The best part of it is when I die, I will be reborn in paradise, and those I have killed will become my slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to slow down or stop my collecting of slaves for the afterlife. Well, that's a, that's a good time. Yeah, yeah. You would think a letter coming from a psychotic person would just be so much worse than that. I mean, I it's pretty well, bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I it's a collection of something. I don't know. I feel like that's some weird, like I don't know, backwoods southern cult thing. I don't know. It's in California, so you know, I don't know. Uh, but collecting yeah. slate. So that's yes, um, yeah. That's- and and keep in mind, you know, in 2022, we know stories about the Manson family. We know stuff about Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy and Ed Gein and all these other quote unquote serial killers and mass murderers and stuff. But back in this time, this was a brand new phenomenon. They had no clue how to even approach this. Well, I mean, the serial killer was not a new thing at that point, but a serial killer that went about things in this way. Absolutely. One that literally taunted news reporters and police officers. Yeah, this was something completely different. Now, a little bit of a trigger warning. This might be the most 
disturbing part of the story. Um, for anybody who has seen the film, this might be the most. I, Danger, would you consider Zodiac a horror movie or more of like a suspense thriller kind of thing? Uh, uh, I would consider it a police procedural thriller. Okay. The closest that film comes to a horror movie is probably during this moment right here. I've got to go back and watch that again. I haven't watched it in, in a while. Like I said, I just watched it uh, earlier this week to kind of prepare, and I forgot how good it is. It is, it is. It is great. So September 27th, 1969, this was in Lake Berryessa, Napa, California. Cecilia Shepard and Brian Hartnell were having a picnic on the shore of Lake Berryessa. Shepard saw a man hiding behind a tree watching them. After a few minutes, the man came out from behind the tree. He was wearing an executioner-style hood over his head. He had dark sunglasses over his eyes, and he had this almost like a bib thing over his chest that had the Zodiac symbol on it. He was then wearing the outfit. <laughs> yes. He had a gun, a knife, and some pre-cut clothesline string. He made Shepard use the string to tie up Hartnell. Then he tied Shepard's hands and told them both to lie face down so he could bind their legs. They tried reasoning with him. They told him it, the killer made up this thing about being from Montana um, on his way to Mexico and he needed money. But when they tried to give him money, it didn't work. He then proceeded to stab them both repeatedly in the back with the knife. Very similar to the other stories, Cecilia Shepard died at the hospital, but Brian Hartnell survived. When he gave his description of the killer, obviously he couldn't see his face, but it was very similar to the one that Majot gave the police earlier. The other kind of creepy part about this is before the killer left, he walked up to Hartnell's car and wrote on the side of it with a with a pen, like a like a marker. And he wrote the dates of the murders that he had already done, and then the date of this murder, then put the words by knife, and then wrote the zodiac symbol underneath it. Okay, so going back to what his letter said that hunting human was the most dangerous game and it was more mm -hmm. exciting. I don't see any of these so far as him hunting anything because it's like, okay, two of them happened in cars. They mm -hmm. are in the car. They're not going anywhere. They can't run away really quickly. And the other one, this, this lovely couple having a picnic. Um, I don't know what their hairstyle looked like. I'm going to look to use for that Sarge. Um, he had them tie themselves up. Couldn't run. Away. It's not a hunt. It's, no. it's not a hunt. That's like fish in a barrel. I mean, mm -hmm. it's that's that's so yeah. His his first letter decrypted was just BS. But anyway, I'm thinking they got it wrong. You know, the, then again, you know, depending on how prominent the news was reporting the Zodiac Killer back to time, and again, you know, it's a little bit before my time, so it's not like you know I could be like, yeah. But 1969, I thought you would have been like 17 or 18. Shut up. And there it is. <laughs> I was I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Anyways, you know, the, the, the whole purpose, you know, serial killers 
mass murder, stuff like that. I know there's a difference between the two, so we don't have to argue semantics here. But in my opinion, having that fear, I mean, no, number one, how can you walk through a place where someone having a picnic and that entire get up and not raise suspicion anywhere? And to boot, you have grown ass adults sitting there that could be like, huh, that guy looks a little weird and should get up and run away. Well, let me also say that from what I have gathered, where they were was fairly secluded. This was a park, but they were kind of, they wanted their privacy. They were, I I don't know, this was necessarily a romantic getaway, but Uh they were, they wanted to be kind of private right next to the water. Um, So there wasn't a whole lot of other people in the immediate vicinity and technically adults. Yes. But we're talking late teens, early twenties. These were adult. Yeah. They're basically slightly above age children. Nobody can see, nobody can see your, your um, motions that you are. um, I'm just trying to put my, 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 my questions. I'm trying to keep my questions reserved until the end. So if you have a Q and a, I can ask questions. Yeah. I have my pen. I've been writing stuff down. Okay, good, good. So, as to not to interrupt and ruin your show, as you've so accused me of doing. So this is just going to get put on the list. Point being, these were not people that were prepared to fight a guy holding a gun at their head wearing an executioner mask. I think they were a little bit shocked by that, and they didn't know how to react. And when he said, tie yourselves up, they said, yes, sir. I mean, what I were they I, into. I, I, role play there. I don't know that I could have reacted much differently. Um, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, so then, so that was on September 27th, 1969. Now, October 11th, 1969 in San Francisco, there was a, at the intersection of Washington and Cherry Street, a cab driver by the name of Paul Stein was shot in the head by his passenger. There was a house nearby where a teenage girl heard the shot and could kind of see something that happened. So she called the police. She saw the shooter get out of the car and start to wipe it down. Yet again, the description that she gave was very similar to the other ones. There were some police cruisers nearby and somehow in the mix, even though the description she gave was very similar to the one that Majot and what's his name? Hartnell gave. Somehow it got mixed up that it was an African-American suspect. So a police cruiser happened to be nearby and saw a stocky white guy walking down the street. And they stopped and said, excuse me, sir, do you have any idea what's going on? And he basically was like, I don't know, and kept walking. It is believed that those officers had actually spoke to Zodiac and he was on his way to go hide in the park that was nearby. When some of the other police on the case found out about that, they basically immediately got the officers to give the description of what the guy's face looked like the best they could. And if you look up um, Zodiac Killer composite sketch, that's where that sketch came from, was from these two officers who, for all intents and purposes, could have arrested Zodiac. But instead, they thought they were looking for an African-American guy. So they all kept him that stupid girl. Stupid well, girl. This nobody really I'm kind of confused on exactly who's to blame here, because according to what I saw, the girls gave the same kind of 
description is Majot and Hartnell, but at some point wires got crossed and African-American male got thrown in there. And I'm not real sure where or how. Okay. I mean, I mean they, I, I'm looking at these hmm. sketches of them and it's like, it looks like they got Michael J. Fox pegged as one. Yeah. It's the most generic white guy with glasses you've ever seen. You like, know what? You know what? No, no, no. Hold on. We're going to call this um, danger does theories. I don't know. Uh, all right. <laughs> so not Michael J. Fox, but Marty McFly found some way to actually <laughs> smash through that fourth wall. He got the ticket from last action hero. Oh and he has a time machine from Back to the Future. It's Michael J. Fox. I Robert Downey Jr. be damned. It's Michael J. Fox. I didn't know we were going to bring the Michael J. Fox shared universe into this. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> oh my um, here's one here's one drawing that looks like a two year old did it. It's so cute. <laughs> So the, MJ, the MJS FU or whatever um, <laughs> FU, yes, exactly. Saving this bad boy in my pictures folder. I, why? I, I don't know. Go on. <laughs> I don't want to know why. Two days later, the San Francisco Chronicle gets another letter from the Zodiac. This one claims he was the one who shot Paul Stein, and it included a piece of his bloody shirt as proof. This is also the the really gross letter um, where he threatens to kill children. Trigger warning, quote, school children make nice targets. I think I shall wipe out a school bus one morning. Just shoot out the front tire, then pick off the kitties as they come bouncing out. Ooh. Sorry. Go Go ahead. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. No. Um, uh, Hang on. And what year was that? That was all in 1969. Okay. You ever heard of Brenda Spencer? Okay. So Brenda. Okay. So, all right. That was night. That was 79, not 69. So what I would actually like to do an episode on her later because, um, she was a really cool, uh, really cool thing where she actually ended up, um, I don't want to say cool because she ended up (laughs) shooting, shooting at children and killed them. But, the part about it that got me is that wow, she, that uh, is cool. <laughs> I, no, but the part about it that got me is that when the police asked her why she did it, um, it's reported as she just said, "Because I don't like Mondays." <laughs> okay, Garfield, simmer down. Get ready to say the Garfield killer. <laughs> yeah, she also loved lasagna. Okay, and hated Odie. Oh. <laughs> okay, so over the next few weeks, there's there's a lot of stuff that happens. So basically, the big thing though is that a week after that letter, oh, also in that letter, one more thing that's kind of funny. He said that he wanted to see people walking around California wearing zodiac buttons, but nothing derogatory. He wanted these to be pro zodiac buttons. Uh, <laughs> needless to say, that did not catch on. Um, Was he running for office and he wanted buttons? <laughs> Uh, I don't have the exact quote, but he actually referenced some politicians. He was like, I want buttons like FDR and blah, blah, blah. Like, but yeah, he wanted them to be pro. Now, this is kind of a, a, a weird moment, but it has sort of been debunked that most people don't believe this was the actual killer. But someone claiming to be the killer called the Oakland Police Department and demanded uh, one of the two big hotshot lawyers in California to 
come onto a local morning talk show, um, the Jim Dunbar show, and he would call in and speak with them. So M- Melvin Belli, who I meant to write this down, he he defended a couple of pretty big name guys. I th- think he had something to do with the JFK assassination. Like he represented, um, oh, come on, Sarge, who was it? Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, Lee Harvey Jack Oswald. Ruby. Jack Ruby. He represented Jack Ruby in the trial. Yeah. Well, I was Jack say Ruby. Simpson. Get yeah. the timelines crossed. You know, <laughs> in, in the Michael J. Fox shared universe, <laughs> OJ Simpson was the killer. Oh, my God. Okay. So, anyway, when he called in, he said, again, the, the quote unquote killer says, I need help. I'm sick. I get headaches. I don't want to go to the gas chamber. And he said he would meet Belli and they agreed to meet somewhere. But when the time came, obviously the killer never showed up. He would continue to send letters. Um, he, he would draw uh, like blueprints to a bomb to show like some new stuff he was going to do and all this stuff. And that was kind of at the end of 69. March 22nd, 1970. Somewhere between San Bernardino and Petaluma, California, Kathleen Johns, who was pregnant and had a seven-month baby girl with her, was driving to visit her sick mother when a car pulled behind her and started flashing his lights and honking his horn. Now, granted, 2022, you speed up, you get the hell out of there. 1970? Mm, I still don't think she should have done this, but... It's because in 2022, we've had shit like the Zodiac Killer, and we know better. Yes. Yes. So anyway, she pulls over, and I this mean, guy What are the odds of two serial killers meeting each other on the highway at once? Ah, Astronomical. Yeah. There you go. Um, so she pulled over, and this guy walks up to the side of her car and said, Hey, one of your back wheels was, was looking a little loose, but I can tighten it up for you. So she said, uh, sure, thanks, you know. And so he gets back there and she sees him working and he says, you're all set. Go ahead. And he takes off. She gets a couple feet down the road. The tire comes completely off. The driver of the car, the other car happens to come back around and says, hey, I'm really sorry. I guess I didn't do a really good job. How about you hop in? I'll give you a lift to the service station. So she gets in the car with him. Once inside the car with him, his demeanor changes. He basically tells her that she was going to be his next victim. He said he was going, trigger warning, he was going to kill her and throw her baby out the window. As he was driving, the car kind of slowed down at one point, and Kathleen Johns took this opportunity to grab her baby and jump out of the car. She rolled and was able to get up and run into a field and was able to lay down with her baby and hold her in such a way that the baby didn't make a whole lot of noise. And even though the guy came out and tried to find her, he couldn't do it. That probably wasn't good because she was pregnant. Uh, Well, yeah, yeah, it it could have been really bad, but uh, somehow she survived it. And so, again, once some passerbys came by and they found her, she gave a description, and it matched the same description as all the other people. 
It also didn't help that on April 20th, 1970, the Zodiac sent another letter to the San Francisco Chronicle and had a lot of the same nonsense it always does. But he said um, he this is where he claims he was the one who abducted Kathleen Johns. He said he had a very unexpected passenger or something like that. This also included another cipher that had never been solved until very, very recently. And we'll get into what this says later. But this also has two other very important things. Number one, he started to get a little bit cheeky, and he gave his review of The Exorcist film, claiming it the best satirical comedy that he's ever seen. (laughs) Sorry, I'm a little thrown off because I haven't actually heard anybody say cheeky. (laughs) (laughs) As a description of somebody's behavior, a long time. We're gone. Much, le- much less someone who's been accused of murdering several people. But this is also where he included a score count. He put me, 37, SFPD, San Francisco Police Department, zero. So at this point, everybody and their grandma is claiming to either be the Zodiac or know the Zodiac. Time goes on. There's all this you know, all these different assumptions and suspects and, you know, whatever. Have either one of you guys ever heard the name Arthur Lee Allen? Yes. (laughs) Danger. What do you know? I know the name and I feel like I probably know it from the movie, but I, yes. Yeah. I I don't, I don't remember anything about the name and, and the man. So, so, At one point, they had over 2,500 suspects that were brought in as possible Zodiac killers. This guy, Arthur Lee Allen, has the most evidence against him as to why he could be the Zodiac. The film Zodiac is based on the books by Robert Graysmith, who was a cartoonist for the um, for the newspaper at this time. He got real obsessed with this. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes, he's Jake Gyllenhaal in the movie. Who does a great job. I, I think he does a phenomenal job um, as as Robert Graysmith. But he wrote two books, Zodiac in 86 and Zodiac Unmasked in 2002. And he compiled a very convincing argument that Arthur Lee Allen was the Zodiac. And I will say the f- film definitely banks on him being the murderer and that's a big part of the narrative of the movie again it's never been proven but he's pretty high on the list of suspects yeah and and here's why he had a buddy named don cheney who claims that alan had called himself zodiac before the killer ever started to call himself that to the newspapers Cheney also claims that Alan told him he wanted to hunt people and he would do it by attaching a flashlight to his gun. When the, uh, when the police interviewed Alan, they got enough out of him that they were able to get a search warrant to, to look into his uh, trailer. When they did, they found the, small hmm? in the movie. He didn't live in a trailer, did he? Yes, he lived. Um, they, they go to his, I want to say he lived like I thought like, he had a house in it because they were like they're talking about the basements um, and basements weren't common in California and he had one. 
Yeah, well, that's what I was just getting ready to say. He lived in a house, but he owned a trailer that was kind of like off the beaten path, and that's what they wanted to search. So in the movie, it is a trailer, and and in real life, it was too. Um, When they got there, they found small dissected animals, bloody knives, and weird sexual devices. Well, you Um, don't want to keep that stuff in your house, so you keep it in your trailer. It's off the beaten path. (laughs) That you also is your beaten path. He also said his favorite book was The Most Dangerous Game, a book about hunting people, and he wore a watch. Do you know what brand watch it was? Timex. No, it was Zodiac, and it had the same symbol that he would sign his letters off with. G-Shock. So he like he wasn't creative in, in coming up with his own symbol. If if this is the guy, I just I could have done more. I could have done better. How about this? This to me is the most damning evidence. In 1974, Allen was convicted of child molestation and spent three years in jail. Do you know what didn't happen during those three years that he was incarcerated? Murders? He didn't drop the soap. Oh, he might have dropped this up. They, they, any of the research I did did not go into specifications of the weird sexual devices, but I'm assuming dropping the soap might not have been the worst thing for him. Okay, um, wait, hold on. Can I just, I got to get this out. Do you really think a prisoner who really wants somebody, really wants that butt, is just waiting for the open butt opportunity of dropping soap? And I mean, deep, no. No, the whole can you do me? Can you do me a solid and never say "open butt" <laughs> opportunity again? That's the of all the disgusting things we have talked about tonight. That's the worst phrase. My all. only, my only rebuttal question to that. You see that? You, you see what I did there? Rebuttal with two T's. Right. Yes, right. I is, get it. is the ass danger if he's speaking from experience? No, it's just you know. I feel like. As a person who understands things in general, physics, <laughs> um, you know, it, okay, so the fumble if, recovery, fumble if recovery. You, if you want it bad enough, you don't wait for the open butt opportunity, the the OBO, if you will. You know? All right, all right. I am closing this butt so I can get back on track here. What did not happen during those three years is <laughs> no new letters were sent. Within a matter of, I want to say, a week or two of him being released, the letter started again. That's that. That's not gonna. That doesn't bode well for him. I mean, no, it's it does the United not. States Postal Service, though. The film actually ends with this, but in 1991, a Vallejo detective showed Majot. Remember, he was a survivor from one of the earlier attacks. A yeah. group of photos of suspects that could be the Zodiac. Almost instantaneously, he pointed to the picture of Alan and said, that's the man who shot me. In 1992, Alan was found dead in his home from a heart attack. So if he was the Zodiac, we'll never know. There were some other things to suggest it was not him. They tested his DNA to the the, partial uh, DNA that they got from the stamp, and they said it didn't match. The handwriting didn't match. But Alan was could have potentially been ambidextrous and could have written with both hands, which would have kind of skewed those results. 
So it's really hard to say. It's not uncommon for a person that deals with some sort of ill psychosis, if you will, um, to have multiple handwriting styles. The reason that, and, and Sarge, correct me if I'm wrong, but the reason that Zodiac was recently in the news is because it has come to light uh, another potential suspect. This the, this group called the Co- the Case Breakers. It's a group of forty independent investigators that try to solve cold cases. Claims that Gary Francis Post was the Zodiac killer. the The reasonings behind this guy are not quite as specific as Allen was, but there's a lot of sketchy things here. Witnesses say they saw him burying caches of weapons all around California. Weapons very similar to the ones used in the murders. He had a machine at his home that would create postage stamps. He wore the same boots that were boot prints left at the scene. He had a scar on his forehead that matched the composite sketch. And the organization also claims to have six eyewitnesses claiming that Post told them he was the Zodiac. However. In order for this to go any further, the investigators have to get the FBI to cooperate um, to uh, to allow them to test possible DNA evidence um, and to try to find those weapons caches. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Uh, yeah, they're probably not going to cooperate. Probably not. One last thing I wanted to bring up here before I get to the movie is... I said earlier, um, uh, one of his letters had a cipher um, in April 20th, 1970, that had never been cracked until December of 2020. Yes, I remember when this happened. This was a big deal, and people got really hype about it. And I'm going to read you what it says. It is creepy, and it's weird, but unfortunately, it doesn't really give a whole lot of insight into who the Zodiac was. There was a but part of me that was really hoping you were going to say, it is creepy and it is kooky. <laughs> so so here, I'm going to read this for you. Okay, sorry. Couldn't resist. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. You had to finish it. I, I had to. I hope you're having lots of fun in trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which brings up a point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise all the sooner because I now have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise. So they are afraid of death. I am not afraid because I know that my new life is in this part gets goofy. I know that my new life is life will be an easy one in paradise death. I mean, so again, very interesting, but it doesn't help in any way. The consistency of the slave stuff. I don't slave after that part is really disturbing. There was also one other cipher where it was very, very short. Now, doing the research for this, what I came to find was a long cipher is actually easier to crack than a short one because you can pick up patterns in the symbols. That makes Um, sense. One of the ways they were able to crack this is with the word kill. They they assumed that the murderer would use the word kill frequently. So they tried to find instances where they had two symbols back to back for L and L. So when you only have 10, 15, 20 characters, it's hard to actually figure it out. 
because he did send one where he basically said, my name is, and then had a couple of symbols. So needless to say, that one was never cracked and it probably never will be. Even if you do use some of these other ones, he mixed it up every time. So it's really hard to, to say. Now, Sarge, me and Danger mentioned the Zodiac film from 2007. Have you ever seen it? Nope. It's a great movie. It's sure. a gr- it's a great movie. Even um, and spoiler I think spoiler alert, spoiler alert, they don't catch him. <laughs> no, they I don't. don't. Um, the guy who plays uh, Alan is really good. I've seen him in some other stuff, but a big brutish fellow, and and it really, oh, it's very unpleasant when when he's on screen. Well, but his, I, it's going to bother me. The actor's name. Yeah. Uh gosh, I I'll I'm look that up. It. Okay. Um, John Carroll Lynch. Yes. Yeah, John now. No, a lot of people might not know that name, but if you looked at him and saw his face, you would probably recognize him. It also was directed by David Fincher, who's a fantastic director. Robert Downey Jr. plays one of the main um reporters in the midst of all this, Paul Avery. Mark Ruffalo was uh Inspector David Tashi and Jake Gyllenhaal was uh, Robert Graysmith, the cartoonist. Now, I didn't get into them a lot, but they are all very important in the, you know, trying to crack this code. And something very interesting that I didn't know until later was David Tashi, um, the inspector. He was actually kind of a rock star detective. People liked him. He was very well known. And he's actually the inspiration for Dirty Harry. So... Two things about this movie. One thing that you missed is uh, this movie actually connects us to a previous episode and you just completely skimmed right over it. But there's an actor that's in this movie, Mr. Elias Cotis, who's Casey Jones. Yes. Yes. Ah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And two, Robert Downey Jr. is not a man that likes to be told no <laughs> on sets by directors. No. And and uh David Fincher is known for the amount of takes that he get he does for a shot uh, just over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And the shoots went on so long and he was and Robert Downey Jr. was constantly occupied in his scenes by having to be in the scene that he couldn't get bathroom breaks. And so <laughs> to to protest this, Robert Downey Jr would hide jars and bottles all over set. Oh so God. if he had to, if he had to pee, he would just run over and just <laughs> fill up the jar and then just put it back and leave it. And so oh. there were just, there were jars and bottles of Mr. Junior's urine all over set, all filming because he was just pissed well, off at Fincher for not letting him go to the bathroom. Well, you know, in, in Robert Downey Jr.'s defense, this was pre rehab <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. This was pre one of the rehabs of Robert Downey Jr. And I will say, mm-hmm. I think Mark Ruffalo does a great job as Tashi. I think Gyllenhaal does a great job as Graysmith. I don't know. I like Robert Downey Jr., but I feel like he's just Robert Downey Jr. Like he yeah. he was he was Iron Man. He was yeah. he was the same character that he is in every one of his movies um i i like robert jr too but as his career has gotten bigger he just he's kind of himself in movies he's kind of the same character 
and I mean, it works for him. He's, you know, he's definitely built a career several times. Um, sure. You know, the greatest redemption story of all time, bigger than Seabiscuit. And, uh, you know, he, uh, what a compliment, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but when he was younger, his uh, chaplain, he was phenomenal in, and it just, as he goes on, he just falls into being himself or being, uh, Tony Stark. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so, let's go on talking about the movie. All right. Well, Basically, I just kind of wanted to give an overview. The film is is really well done for anybody that doesn't like documentaries, but would like to kind of get a little more in-depth look at this whole story. That's a good place to go. It's not 100% accurate. It is based on Graysmith's book, and Graysmith has a very specific point of view, but it's still very, very close to to what happened so again if you if you don't like documentaries but you want to know more i would go there the last thing i want to bring up is my theory this is what i'm not saying this is exactly what i 100 believe but this is something that i i did come across some other people thought this too but i came to this thought before i found that i think it's a cult Throughout the investigation, there were several suspects, but for one reason or another, the police never had enough evidence to pinpoint one suspect. Like I said, even with Alan, all this circumstantial evidence, his DNA didn't match. I think that one of those suspects was the leader of the Zodiac cult and may have done some of the murders, but some of the other suspects had also committed some of the other murders. So instead of pinning it all on one person, maybe it was multiple people. And that could explain why there seems to be no motive or any real consistency in murder weapons. It's all very, sometimes it's guns, sometimes it's knives, sometimes it's couples, sometimes it's people by themselves. Could a cult leader have brainwashed a group of people that said, hey, look, if you kill these people on earth, they will become your slaves in the afterlife. If you follow me, I can show you how to do this. It's possible. Was possible. there a Zodiac cult? Not now. Like I said, if you do some research, you will see other people that came to this kind of a conclusion as well. Is there a cult that worships the Zodiac as as in the Zodiac killer, this guy? I don't know, honestly. I would imagine that, I mean, Zodiac, people that follow the Zodiac symbols as a religion, I mean, that's you want to call that a cult? I mean, you can. There are those people. But as far as people that look at the Zodiac killer as like their leader, I don't know. I, I, I would imagine there's enough sick people out there that probably... <laughs> I'm not doubting there was or saying there wasn't, and you know, it, there's cults of all kinds, all flavors. Yeah. You know, it's it, the world is Baskin Robbins of cults, 31 flavors, but there's more. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, so Sarge, um, did, did you have uh, or danger? Did either one of you have a theory or. I gave you mine. It was Michael J. Fox. This is the Michael oh, J. Fox shared universe that we right. live in. Oh, oh, uh, Sarge, you said you had a Q and a section. Is there anything I can possibly answer that I have not answered? You're muted, buddy. 
I hate it when that happens in life, right? I've been I've been looking at my note sheet, so I didn't even know. Yeah, I was like, I, I appreciate danger so waiting quiet? at least a few <laughs> seconds. Anyways, so no, you did a pretty good job uh, covering everything. Okay. There's just a lot of discrepancies between eyewitnesses, which is the mm-hmm, problem with mm-hmm. eyewitness testimony, anyways. But you know, going through all the composite sketches, it's like, okay, that guy looks like Michael J. Fox. That guy looks like you know Lawrence Fishburg. This guy looks like you know, it's like. Like, come on, guys, get it right. The it's shared universe gets bigger. I know. The shared universe gets bigger. But but that would make sense if there's more than one killer. But there's not. <laughs> Why do you have to ruin my fun? <laughs> I'm not. You had your theory. I'm giving my theory. I'm saying okay. it's not more than one. I'm and, saying it's a Cheney family cover-up. As Don in Dick Cheney? Cheney? Yeah, oh, Don, Don Cheney. Cheney. Dick Cheney. I mean, they look the they're same. I looked related. them up together. How do you know? I don't know, but I hope See? they're not. They both had a fascination with guns and shooting people in the face. Okay, you got me there. <laughs> Can't argue with that. I full disclosure, I like the the cult theory because I find it interesting. But if I had to say the most evidence definitely comes down to to alan he seems the most likely um he had a history of weird sexual deviancy um i didn't even mention he was at lake berryessa the same day that the two kids got killed and he even had bloody knives in his car he claims he had cut up a chicken for a barbecue and that's why he had bloody knives in his car the same day those two sounds, got murdered. sounds legit to me yeah i mean who doesn't bring full live chickens that have to butcher to a barbecue? But again, it, it, it and I don't know if it would be any different today. It was all technically circumstantial evidence. When it came down to the hard facts, the DNA, the handwriting, they were too different. They weren't a match. So he got away if it was Alan. And we'll never know. And at this point, in, in full honesty, we probably never will know. But then again, the Golden Gate killer was caught, you know, so it could potentially happen. When is the last murder that happened? Uh, 1970. Oh, when was the Paul Stein murder? Uh, 19, uh, October 11th, 1969. Okay. Now I understand that there's uh, there's people <laughs> I understand that there's people that need closure, the families and all, but does it matter at this point? Really, like, does it matter? I'm, I'm honestly at this point in my life, I'm more I'm more concerned with what dinosaurs actually sounded like because that's now a debate again. Well, we, well asking I mean, the hard questions. <laughs> We learned in the Jurassic Park episode that it sounded that it was dolphins screaming. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I have on the <laughs> on the Zodiac Killer, um, one of the craziest unsolved mysteries of our lifetime. And let me just say, because of this spe- special occasion, I, for my dad jokes here. I actually wrote a dad joke. Are you ready? Oh, oh. This one's coming straight off the dome, okay? And I'm not saying 
It's great, but it is a solid dad joke. You ready for this one? Yeah, let's do it. What nickname did the police give to the serial killer who only killed animals? What? The Zodiac Killer. Mic drop. I'm out. That was a that was that was solid. It was solid. solid dad joke. It was solid like a Chevy. It was like a rock. <laughs> yeah. Sank like one too. That was actually the next thing I was going to say. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. I can't remember if I told this one before, but it is actually one of my favorite jokes right now. One of my favorite dad jokes. Right hey, now. it's the season finale. We got to go out with a bang. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why can't Tyrannosaurus clap? Because they're extinct. They're all dead. Uh, it's pretty good. That's pretty good. I do what like night? Invented King Arthur's Round Table. Circumference. Circumference. Yeah. <laughs> I never heard it. I just I used my dad brain to come up with dad joke answer. <laughs> if there's a serial killer inside your house, where is the safest place to hide? The living room. Mm, yes, yes. The living room. Uh, what does a clock know? do when it's hungry? It goes back four seconds. I feel like we said that one on one of our time traveling episodes. Maybe, maybe. A question about your your joke there, Monster. Mm-hmm. I know you say you want to go to the living room, but if Jeffrey Dahmer was the killer, you definitely want to stay out of the dining room, right? Mm, indeed, yeah. indeed. Uh, if you're being chased by a serial killer, are you both running for your life? Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> And what does an uncaught serial killer and a man who won't go on a diet have in common? What? They're both still at large. Uh, yes. <laughs> Why should you never eat a clock? Because it's too time consuming. I don't have time for all these time jokes. <laughs> yeah, what? What? What is with your clock based humor? <laughs> when is a door not really a door? When it's a jar. It's a jar. There you go. <laughs> See? You can't pull the wool over our eyes. <laughs> Why can't a nose be 12 inches long? Because then, then it'd it would be, be a, a foot. foot. Okay. We are we are <laughs> stopping here. Ladies and gentlemen, thank Did you. Did you hear about the uh, claustrophobic astronaut? The poor guy really needs some space. I will fight you. Let <laughs> me finish that. this. Why no, was my not. why was my son's report card all wet? Because it was below sea level. What's the number one cause of divorce? Marriage. This... <laughs> gonna say yeah. this show. No. No. We're gonna keep going. Monster's never gonna be able to stop it. I can't edit this. <laughs> I'm cutting all this out. Why did the Cyclops have to close his store, his school? Because he only had one pupil. Oh my god. Okay. 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 Thank you ladies and gentlemen for joining us for three whole circuits through the alphabet. We will be back next season to start it all over again, but in the meantime, we will still be releasing some content. There'll be some monsters, midnight musings, danger talks. Sarge, what what do you got coming down the pipe here? Oh Lord! What's tell? You got a couple Reddit. things, right? I I got tells from Reddit. 
Yep. Tales from Reddit, which we will also be releasing those on our YouTube channel, Danger and Sarge, along with, uh, you know, you could reach out to us at dangerandsarge uh, at gmail.com. Shoot us an idea for a topic that you'd like to hear. Shoot us a message on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Give us a five-star review. Give us what you feel like is appropriate for this. <laughs> no, 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 no. Write whatever you want. Just give us five stars. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> I don't think they can write anything on Spotify. So go ahead there. Go ahead and write whatever you want because you don't get an Perfect. Option. And so. yet, uh, and and to pat him on the back real quick, Danger did some really cool edits that'll be coming up on YouTube. So definitely check yep. out Danger and Sergeant YouTube. That's going to be fun. Thank you. So this is Monster saying thank you for joining us for another exciting season. Sarge, Danger, do you have any parting words? Danger, go ahead. Do you got any parting words? Uh, thank you. Nailed it. <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks for sticking in with us, everybody. Come back next season and enjoy the uh, Midnight Musings and Tales from Reddit until uh, season one uh, or season four. Sorry. And uh, what? Yeah, I know. Uh, what? Two months The right first now? letter would be A. Yes. <laughs> in case you were getting lost. Yeah, the first letter would be water. A. A for it's astonishing we're still doing this. And and B for not back to the future no. again. No. Back to the future part seven. <laughs> All right. So my final words. Thanks for tuning in with us. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for having the fun with us. We do appreciate it for these past three seasons. And we look forward to seeing you in season four. And what do you call a large African mammal with long hair and sandals? A hippopotamus. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's over. Done. Done.